Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. Hello all my pod people out there. I hope you're all doing well this evening. Well, while I was preparing for tonight's movie, I was thinking about the special effects in this movie, and how some hold up pretty good, and how others were just complete crap. <laughs> but you give it a pass, because it was from the 80s. But I feel like a lot of movies that came out after this movie, and some that come out nowadays, have crap CGI. Most of the effects that hold up for me are the practical effects anyway. Not to say that all the practical effects in tonight's movie are great, but next to that early CGI, they look great. <laughs> feel free to send me any recommendations of movies with great effects, or at least some 50-50 good to bad. All my contact info is over at evilqueensf.com. Well, how about we get into tonight's main feature? Enjoy. Tonight, I am reviewing the stuff from 1985. Okay, we open on some sort of industrial mining area in the winter, obviously, because it's snowing. And an old man with a flashlight sees something white bubbling out of the ground. So what does he do? Well, he sticks his fingers in it. Ooh, it's smooth, he says. Then what does he do? He tastes it. And he says, ooh, it's sweet. Now... <laughs> I'm no stranger to tasting anonymous white stuff, but never out of the ground. <laughs> and it's never really sweet. Uh. Then he gets his friend to try some, and they have the idea, oh, we could sell this. What? It's coming out of the ground. Uh, okay. Cut to a kid in his bedroom being bitten by mosquitoes. Title card, the stuff. So the kid, Jason, we find out, walks down and starts to get a snack, and he opens the fridge and sees the stuff moving in the fridge. Then his dad catches him, and for some reason is super mad, just because he was downstairs. So after the kid leaves, the dad has a snack, and he has some of the stuff. When I was a little girl, I didn't think there was anything that I liked better than ice cream. Now I'm a big girl, and I've decided there's something I like better, much better. It's called the stuff. And believe me, enough is never enough. Now we're on a yacht with a bunch of old suits who are in competition with the people who make the stuff. And they have hired someone to do a little industrial espionage to find out anything about the stuff. And here he comes on a speedboat. When he gets there, he lets them know who they are dealing with. Mm, I'll get inside there. I'll penetrate the company. I'll do some damage. And... But it's going to be expensive, believe hey, me. Hey, look, we don't want to know how you do it. Just, uh, do it. I don't know, I understand. You guys don't like me. Uh, heard it on the tap there. Uh, someone said I've been fired from the FBI, and that I've been uh, blackballed, and that I was obscene. Uh, someone here said I was obscene. Somebody here. Who said I was obscene? How the hell did you know that? Well, while you were at the Metropolitan Opera last night, I just happened to be walking through your hotel room, and I dropped this in your pocket. Oh, shit. Well, I'll be a son of a bitch. You know, Mr. Uh... Rutherford, Mo Rutherford. Yeah. You know why they call me Mo? No, why? Because every time people give me money, I always want Mo. Well, you know, Mr. Rutherford. Yes, sir. I don't think you're quite as dumb as you appear to be. No one is as dumb as I appear to be. <laughs> 
cut back to the house and the mother seems to be on edge and the dad is still being a dick and his brother who is his real brother in real life and they both have these stunning eyes Ugh. and i know the older brother played by brian bloom grew up to be super handsome mm. cut to some industry room where mo's team are testing the stuff trying to figure out what the stuff is and while they do that, Mo heads off to one of the stuff commercial shoots with a bunch of girls in swimsuits with big hair, high heels, and gorgeous floor-length fur coats, and racks and racks of more fur coats. Ugh, oh my god, the 80s were wild. <laughs> so Mo interrupts the commercial shoot, and we meet Nicole. But why me? Well, I mean, uh, look what you did for the stuff. You, you invented the name, I, as I understand oh, yes, it, and uh, you created the image and put the whole sales pitch together. That's why I don't have a lot of time for petroleum companies, you know? Well, now, darling, I'm not here to hire your agency to work for us. I want to buy your agency and put you in charge. Oh, oh, um, want to buy the agency and make... That clarifies things. Will you just um, sit right there just one second? Mitzi? Mitzi? I want you to check out this guy in the card thoroughly and then get back to me. I want you to cancel my dinner date and I want you to go get me a dress to wear. No problem. Right away, Miss Kim. So, you were saying. I do like to see a woman with decision. Pick your favorite restaurant. Mm, where are you staying? Sherry Netherlands. Do they have room service at the Sherry Netherlands? Damn, girl must be going through a dry spell. <laughs> Thirsty. Cut to the grocery store scene, and everyone is buying and eating the stuff. And Jason goes on a crusade, destroying as much of the stuff as he can. But he finally gets caught by some stock boys. Now here's the actual question. Why was he at the supermarket alone during the day without anyone there? He must live like right down the block from it or something. I don't know, it was the 80s. Times were different. Cut to Mo at the house of Mr. Vickers, played by Danny Aiello. So Mr. Vickers was with the FDA, and Mo questions him about him approving the stuff, and his giant dog keeps walking around growling, and it seems Mr. Vickers is afraid of his own dog. Mr. Vickers goes to get some papers upstairs, and Mo takes the dog into the kitchen for a snack, and he opens the door, and there are just tons and tons of cartons of the stuff. So he closes that door, and Mo leaves with some of the papers, a little while later, Mr. Vickers is running through his house trying to call for help, and the dog rips the phone cord out of the wall, and the stuff starts coming out of the dog's mouth. Then he attacks Mr. Vickers. I guess he ran out of the stuff, and the dog was pissed. <laughs> then there's this scene at the stuff stand. So following a lead from Mr. Vickers, Mo winds up in a small town called Stater. He stops for some gas and the attendant is super cagey and suspicious. And then he just runs off into the forest. Okay. And we see another car pull up down the ways. And Mo goes up to it and bam, Chocolate Chip Charlie jumps from the roof of his car. You're Chocolate Chip Charlie. Well, I sure as hell ain't the Kentucky Colonel. Get off well, of me. Uh, I'm sorry. What, what are you doing down here in a town like this? Big executive like you. I'm trying to find out something about the son of bitches who stole my company out from under me and threw me out on my beautiful black ass. You work for them, huh? I'm investigating them, same as you are. 
Yeah, those shits. Somehow, man, they got to my asshole brother and my two idiot nephews and everybody else I trusted would stop. And they brainwashed them, man. Next thing I I knew, they was in and I was out. So Mo and Charlie go to the post office and find out that most everyone in this town relocated to Midland, Georgia. Then the post office guy starts acting really weird, so he excuses himself and they start hearing weird noises. So they bust down the door. And what they didn't see was the stuff exiting this guy's body. So they head out the window and start getting chased by a bunch of locals who seem to fall apart and leak the stuff when you hit them. Oh, there's a lot. So then they both jump in a boat and escape. They both had cars. Okay. So they both wind up at a diner and Mo has a special assignment for Charlie. I want you to go to Washington, D.C. and see special agent Frank Herbert. You won't believe me. Maybe he'll believe you. Ah, uh, Frank Herbert, the FBI. I got you. <laughs> uh, here you go, honey. Thanks a lot. Hey, uh, fellas, any of you guys going down Route 105 to give a guy a lift? Yeah, I'm just about done. Oh, good. Thanks very much. Is your friend coming with you? Oh, no, he's got other business. Cut to New York, and a girl at a stuffed vending cart spots Mo and uses a walkie-talkie to tell someone where he is. And then Mo almost gets run over by a stuffed truck. But Mo is fine, and he makes it to his next stop. Cut to the fancy office of one of the stuffed marketing people, and he tells Mo to let it go. Hard cut to Mo and Nicole walking down the street, and she's blaming herself for making the commercials for the stuff. But they end up at Mo's testing lab, and one of the scientists gives him a newspaper with a story about a kid in Long Island who does not like the stuff. Obviously, that's Jason. Then there are more commercials as Jason is watching TV and a news report of people going missing, whole families going missing. So he finally goes downstairs and notices that all the food in the house has been thrown away in the trash. And his family is sitting around eating tubs of the stuff and not acting like his family. The mom is happy and relaxed. The dad is nice. So Jason obviously is freaked out by this and tries to run away. (laughs) But his brother drags him back inside. Then the parents give him some stuff, and he takes it upstairs, and the dad says once he eats it all, he can be part of the family again. So he takes it to the bathroom, and he flushes it, even though the stuff tries to escape the toilet. Great scene. So then Jason fills the carton with shaving cream and pretends to eat it in front of his family. But the shaving cream makes him sick, and he can't fake it, so he runs again and makes it outside as his family chases him. But who shows up? Mo, and he helps Jason escape. Cut to Nicole waiting for Mo next to a private plane heading to Georgia. So they land in Midland, Georgia, and leave Jason asleep on the plane, and get picked up by the stuffed limo. (laughs) I love in this movie that they just slapped that stripe of three colors on anything, and now it's the stuffed version of it. (laughs) It's great marketing. It really is. So the stuffed limo takes them into an area with tons of giant vats of the stuff. Back on the plane, the plane that is now filling with the stuff... And Jason escapes and runs off into the forest. Cut back to the stuff factory. (laughs) How many times am I going to say the stuff? (laughs) Okay, cut back to the stuff factory. And all the workers are in yellow. Mo taking pictures of the factory where all the stuff is packaged, but not where it's made. Hmm. Cut to Jason finding his way towards the stuff factory. 
and he hides in an empty container, like a liquid container truck, and he gets locked in. God, this kid is not smart. So Mo and Nicole head to the motel for the night. While in bed, they watch some more commercials. We're in Andre's exclusive continental restaurant, which caters to only the most discriminating clientele. How's the food, sweetheart? <laughs> That's nice. Where's the stuff? The city's here now. Great new day sensation. Light and free now. Suddenly the bed pillow explodes with stuff and starts to smother Mo. So Nicole dumps lantern fluid on his face and lights it on fire to get the stuff off. And luckily it worked, but then a plaid-clad ginger comes in the room to attack them, but he gets engulfed in the stuff, going up the wall. So they set that on fire. It's a great scene, very reminiscent of the rotating room from Nightmare on Elm Street. But here's my one question. Why would they just have a lantern in a motel? I don't know, it seems like the 80s. I don't think lanterns were a big thing in motels. I don't know, it helps the story. So Mo and Nicole still uh, say that five times fast. So Mo and Nicole steal a truck and go back to the factory, but they see the container trucks all heading somewhere else, so they follow them instead. We get a shot of Jason in the container truck still trying to get out. <laughs> now we get to see where the stuff actually comes from as they are sucking it into the truck. There's just this huge pool of the stuff coming out of the ground. So Mo dresses up like one of the yellow-clad workers to go down and steal one of the trucks full of the stuff. And they still don't know that Jason is down there in one of the trucks. So as Mo is sneaking down to the stuff pond, he plants C4 along the way. Uh-oh, the truck Jason is in starts to get filled with the stuff. But luckily, Mo is next to the truck and hears Jason in there. So he steals that truck, blows his C4, buries the pond... Then Mo stops to rescue Nicole and pull Jason out of the container. Oh my gosh, a lot is happening. Then he gets pulled over by a cop, of course. And then they trick him into eating some of the stuff leaking out of the truck and they knock him out. So they drive all night and end up at a castle out in the middle of nowhere looking for a colonel. Then they're surrounded by a bunch of army guys. Now you wouldn't be trying to lie to me or deceive me or entrap me. Do you, you, you remember... You, you were worried about the commies putting fluoride in our water system. Mm -hmm. uh, now, you know, there's, a, there, there's a, a thing going on now that's a lot worse. Americans are being poisoned faster and quicker than you can imagine. Poisoned? Yeah. The FBI, you know, they always worried about commies getting, getting these deep cover agents and putting them into high positions in American industry. Then they'd acquire a corporation, right? And then they'd establish themselves and they'd work on us. Sounds like one of my radio speeches a year ago last Thanksgiving. You were a deep prophet. A product is being sold now and it's being consumed by tens of millions of people. And it contains a mind-affecting drug in it. And you and I are they are. And they're doing it. Oh, yeah, their headquarters, they're less than 100 miles from here. Sons of bitches. They're flown at me. 
Yeah, I guess they, they forgot about the Colonel Spears, huh? They didn't know you were around and that you had something in you and you could want to bring to their knees, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Young man, you come with me. We're going to have a nice, tall, cold drink. So the militia guys take the truck back to the stuff factory, all set to some awful music. They shoot the guy at the gate, and just white erupts out of the bullet holes. As they infiltrate, all the yellow-clad people just run away, but they find all their bodies in a room, and they're all just shells, and all the stuff that was inside them left. It's a great scene. Jason and Nicole leave the area with the bodies, but get cornered by a tidal wave of the stuff. Then there's a shot of the stuff all exploding out of the factory all over. So the colonel goes on his radio stations to tell the truth about the stuff. Then guess who shows up at the radio station? Chocolate Chip Charlie, of course. So he and Nicole go into one of the recording booths. And bam, he starts to go in all claymation, thick-necked, and the stuff starts erupting out of him. So they have to save Jason and Nicole. They use a live wires to electrocute the stuff and set it on fire. And it burns... But the surrounding room doesn't catch on fire? Um, yeah, okay. Also, do you think Chocolate Chip Charlie ever made it out of that diner? Or when Mo left, that's when they, you know, that's when the stuff got him. Because that freezer was full of the stuff in the diner. And we never see him after the diner until he gets to the radio station. I don't think he ever made it to D.C. Hmm. So, then we finally get the radio announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, from Atlanta, Georgia, this is a broadcast of warning. This is not fiction. This is not a dramatization. My fellow Americans, this is Colonel Malcolm Gromit Spears. I have never misled you, and I will never mislead you. Tonight, America is in grave danger. We are under alien attack by a substance which represents itself as a popular dessert known as the stuff. If the stuff is in your house, do not eat it. Repeat, I mark you, do not eat it. If you are a merchant and have it on your shelves, do not sell it. If you happen to have a distributorship and you distribute this material, close your doors, make no more sales. Uh, uh, Now, if you remember your family is dependent on this product, get them to a hospital, and if you have this product in your home, cook it. I repeat, cook it. And the people did believe. In the weeks that followed, the stuff was withdrawn from distribution and the nation mobilized to collect it and destroy it. Then we get the shot of all the people around the world burning and blowing up all the stuff. The stuff stores, the cartons, the stuff stuff. (laughs) Great marketing. Uh, Then we cut to the fancy office again with the execs and they have a new product. The stuff is finished, of course, but look here. Look at the new campaign for the taste. Only 12% of stuff in it, just enough to make the public crave more. And the balance is natural dairy products. There won't be enough of the stuff in it to to get a grip on anybody's mind, to take over. Oh, uh, how do you know? Well, they tested it. We tested it in a small Illinois town. Well, if you tested it, then you can taste it. Oh, you go too far. I didn't come alone here either. I brought along a couple friends. Jason! This is no place for a kid, Mom. Oh, he ain't a kid anymore. The stuff took away his parents and took away his brother. You said you brought another friend? Yep. Him. No, no, no. Put that away. You wouldn't use it in front of the boy. Like you said, I've been through a lot. Well, you sit right now. Have yourself a seat. What hell of dinner? Jason, serve the gentleman. Pleasure. 
So Mo and Jason force the execs to eat cartons and cartons of the stuff as punishment. Final scene, we see some sketchy looking types selling stuff out of the back of their truck like drug dealers. And they're tasting it to make sure it's pure. Come on, black market, the stuff. <laughs> the end. Ooh, that was a journey. Well, that was the stuff from 1985. So like I said at the beginning, the effects were about 50-50 in this movie. But even the bad practical effects I liked. The acting was good, the whole marketing and commercial stuff around the stuff was great, and all very 80s, which of course I love. I like that we don't ever really know the origins of the stuff. Is it alien? Is it ancient primordial ooze trapped underground? Some sort of sentient toxic waste that can now reproduce itself? I mean, we'll never know. <laughs> so I give the stuff from 1985... 8 out of 10 floor-length fur coats. <laughs> Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends to check out the Reflections of Darkness podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. And feel free to message me any comments, questions, concerns, movie recommendations, whatever. Well, that's enough horror for me tonight. As always, keep watching scary movies. Are you eating it, or is it eating you? <laughs>